Welcome to episode 66 of the Travel and Adventure Photography School podcast. As always, I'm your host, Robert Massey. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm stoked that you're taking some time to improve your photography. This podcast is part of the educational arm of my photography business, Robert Massey Photography. We focus on crafting beautiful images in the great outdoors, and we sell a variety of prints of mountains, lakes, Calgary, Paris, and places beyond. You can check out all the photos we have available on robertmasseyphotography.ca right alongside the show notes for this episode, and maybe you'll pick up a beautiful piece of art for your home. Now, let's get on with the show. One of the greatest things about travel and adventure is the opportunity to wake up in new and unique places each morning. Sometimes that's a hut on a mountain, a hostel in a far-off country, a tent beside a lake, or the back of your car. There are just so many wondrous places to wake up. And... As a travel and adventure photographer, there are points where you are going to need to wake up somewhere very early in the morning to capture that sunrise, or where you're going to need to crash out late at night or early in the morning after catching the night's sky. And typically, that means not being able to get back to a proper bed, so you will need to camp out somewhere nearby. And this is a fantastic thing. I love having the chance to camp somewhere, wake up, and walk out of my tent to shoot the sunrise. No need to get up three hours early to drive somewhere and walk in. You just roll out of bed after a peaceful night in the woods, and there you are. So, a few weeks ago, we talked about backpacking with your camera gear. And while some listeners loved it, they also wanted more information. Mostly around what other gear is essential to have with you beyond your camera kit. What gear is critical will depend entirely on what you are doing, the situation you are in, and several other factors about the trip. So I can't address everything, but today I will address one of the most critical pieces of gear that will affect everything about your following day, your sleeping mat. This is something that you will need to invest in if you want to be a travel and adventure photographer because if you're doing this right, there will be times where you won't get back to a comfy bed, and that's what you want. You will be camping, sleeping under your car, or on a beach somewhere. Getting a good night's rest is pretty critical to being able to produce amazing creative work. And if you don't have the right sleeping pad, you aren't going to get a good night's rest. So today won't be about anything directly camera related. But it will be about a great night's sleep in the great outdoors that you can be up, refreshed, and ready for those amazing sunsets and nights with the Milky Way. So I'll cover the different types of sleeping pad options, what each one is good for, what to look for in one you are buying, and kind of where and when you want to consider each type of sleeping mat. This is so important for anyone who is wanting to create better travel and adventure images. As the saying goes, if you want more interesting photos, live a more interesting life. And you'll have to get sleeping outdoors if you want more interesting adventure photos. All right, let's get started with what types of sleeping pads are out there. Let's start with one most people will think of when they think of a sleeping pad, the classic air mattress. I think everyone listening to this podcast will likely have slept on an air mattress at some point in their lives. They're big, bulky, and need a lot of pumping to inflate them if you don't have power. These are the classic car camping sleeping accessory. Air mattresses use sealed chambers full of air to provide a super plush and comfy sleeping surface. They typically lift you a long way off the ground until they get a hole in them will help you feel less of the earth, meaning no rocks or other things poking you in your back, and can provide you with one of the best night's rest you'll get in a tent. So the pros of an air mattress are its comfort price, customization by adding or removing air to get your desired firmness, and that they are standard bed sizes, meaning you can use your linens from home on these beds. 
The cons to the air mattresses are the size. They don't pack tiny. They're weight, and you will need a pump of some form to inflate them. The biggest downside to them is the lack of insulation. Most air mattresses won't retain any heat, so they don't work well on cold nights. They are also very fragile, and one small, almost impossible to find puncture can deflate the mattress, leaving you sleeping on the ground. Now, air mattresses are meant for car camping because of their size and weight, so don't expect to hike very far with one of these massive buddies in your bag. But they do make for a great night's sleep in a tent, a car, or on your buddy's living room floor. But they are not meant for backpacking or any sort of long-distance walking. All right, next up, we will go with the backpacking version of the air mattress, the inflatable sleeping pad. So inflatable sleeping pads are a bit of a do-it-all in the sleeping outdoors world. They can be your one go-to sleeping mat if you are car camping or backpacking. These sleeping pads are essentially just super fancy air mattresses. They work by you blowing air into them to create your desired firmness. Now, they excel because they pack to a tiny size, are lightweight, and are typically very comfortable. Plus, they all come with some form of insulation, which means you will stay a bit warmer or a lot warmer, depending on the pad's R value. More on that to come in a bit. So you can use these type of pads for all seasons of camping, depending on the level of insulation in them. The cons to this style of sleeping pad are the price. They are the most expensive type on this list. They are far less durable than a lot of other types of sleeping pads. And some types of these make a ton of noise when you move around due to their insulation. It's this really loud, crinkly kind of sound, almost like you're rolling around on cellophane. And I know for some people, doesn't bother them in the slightest. But when I've slept next to somebody who's using one of these pads, oh, it is a horrible night's sleep. I constantly am woken up by just this loud, crinkling sound. So if that kind of thing might bother you, feel the pad, move it a lot. Make sure that it's not going to like ingrain itself into your head while you're trying to sleep. Now, well, these kind of pads are less durable. They're super easy to fix. And the patch kits are incredibly lightweight, meaning you won't really mind carrying one while you're backpacking. These pads are great for backpackers who want the smallest sleeping mat at a great weight and want a comfortable night's sleep. And these should be your go-to if you are sleeping somewhere cold. Now, because of their durability, you have to be really careful with them. So if you're car camping, make sure you get all those big rocks out of the back of your car or anything that might puncture through it. And if you're going on a big, long through hike, these might not actually be your best option, even though they're small and they're light, because they can get punctured and break so easily, leaving you sleeping on the ground for a few nights until you can get somewhere. So for shorter trips, these are kind of the greatest thing you can go on. If you're going for months on end, these might not be the right option unless you want to be buying one, you know, every few months on your trip. All right, we're going on to sleeping pad type number three, the ultralight classic backpacker style. We're talking closed cell foam sleeping pads. These are the classic simple backpacking mat that most of us can envision hanging off the outside of a bag. Typically found in a space age silver color to help reflect heat back up towards you. They fold like an accordion and are a favorite amongst backpackers looking to go ultra light. These pads are kind of that holy grail of things you're looking for when you're becoming an ultralight backpacker. They're the lightest option on the market, the cheapest, and the most durable. They don't absorb moisture, and they can't get punctured, leaving you sleeping on the ground like all the other mattresses in this list. You can even use these pads as a chair at camp or drape them over a log to make sitting more comfortable and less wet if there is moisture out. Unfortunately, these pads are big, bulky, and aren't 
all that comfortable to sleep on when you compare the other types of mattresses that are on here. And you don't really want to use one of them while you're sleeping in very cold conditions. Ultimately, this type of pad's intended for those going ultralight backpacking, which, let's be honest, none of us hiking with cameras are doing that here, where weight is at a premium. So, yep, that's us. And on through hikes, where durability matters the most and when you need an extra layer between you and the ground. Now, that extra layer bit is truly where these mats shine for us photographers, as we will frequently be in places where the land is frigid and you need an extra layer underneath your inflatable sleeping pad to help protect yourself and stay a bit warmer. They also make an excellent add-on for car camping as they can protect you from the minor imperfections, rocks, and other things that are inevitably in the trunks or back seats of cars, if that's where you're sleeping. And now because of their durability and lack of water retention, these pads also make an excellent addition to a camera bag for long outdoor shooting sessions. You can lay them out and have a rest while watching the stars, or you can fold them up and sit on them like a chair. I particularly love these kind of mats when you are waiting in one spot, lying or sitting on the ground, doesn't matter, for a long time. Like think in a blind waiting for wildlife to come by. Or if you're hanging out shooting the Aurora, it's nice just to have something ultra lightweight that is super packable that can be put pretty much anywhere to turn any rock, log, or anywhere like that into a chair for you. All right, we're going on to our final type of sleeping device, the self-inflating sleeping pad. These types of pads use a layer of open cell foam inside a fabric shell. You don't need to inflate these pads yourself using your lungs or a pump. Just open the valve and let air rush in to fill up the pad slowly. Now, they are pretty comfortable, not as comfy as an inflatable, but more comfortable than closed foam. They are decently insulated and cost somewhere between the two other types, between an inflatable one and a closed foam one. Unfortunately, because of their in-betweenness, they don't really do anything well. This also means that they have similar problems to the other two types. They aren't as durable as foam pads, but they pack just as bulky and they are heavier than both of these alternatives, although they are easier to repair than an inflatable pad. All in all, these are great for car camping and short backpacking trips, but really, they aren't my favorite. I prefer the comfort of a big air mattress if I'm going to be somewhere where I can just stick it in a car, and the packability of an inflatable sleeping pad if I'm going to need to hike it in somewhere. But if you're looking for something almost as comfortable as an air mattress, but has more durability, these do make a good option. Overall though, not the first place I would spend my money. Alright, so that's the four main types of sleeping pads on the market. Now, here are the ways I see each of these types of pads helping us out as photographers. Air mattresses are great for when you are car camping or crashing on a buddy's floor. They are comfy, you should sleep well and wake rested, and you aren't putting wear and tear on your more expensive backpacking inflatable air mattresses. So, pull these ones out when you're in a tent in a campground or just crashing on a floor somewhere. Now, inflatables are for backpacking and tight car camping trips. They aren't super durable, so be gentle with them, but you will get a great night's sleep on one, and you'll save a lot of bulk and weight, leaving room for more cameras and tripods. Foam pads are excellent as an extra layer of protection between you and the ground. Use one the next time you need to sit and wait for something to happen, and you'll be warmer, comfier, and drier, meaning you'll want to stay out shooting for even longer. And avoid the self-inflating ones unless you love how they feel or need the comfort mixed with durability, because honestly, in my eyes, they're not worth the money. All right, so those are the types of pads, but what should you be looking for in your next sleeping pad purchase? Here are the four things to keep in mind. The R value, size and shape, thickness, weight, and pack size. Let's just start at the bottom and work our way up. So we're going to start with weight and packed size. 
If you're backpacking, you've got limited weight and space to carry gear. You will need to think of how much room your mat will take up. You can get mats that are smaller than a 1 liter water bottle and less than 300 grams, but you will pay for them. If you're out of room in your bag, this may be where a foam pad makes sense as you can hang it off your backpack without needing to worry too much. As they can't be punctured or really torn or get wet or anything, so you can just hang it off the outside and you'll be totally fine. So you will need to balance your priorities here, especially if you're on a tight budget. If you're car camping, it doesn't matter that much. Although, don't get insanely big ones if you've got a tiny car. My wife and I ran into that problem with two big self-inflating mats and had to reconfigure the entire trunk to get them in. Alright, the next thing to think about is thickness. You can get pads that range in thickness from 1.5 centimeters to 11 centimeters. The low end is basically protecting you from the ground, stealing your body heat. The far end is super comfy and plush. This is a total personal preference. So if you're living somewhere where you can try things out right now, go and lay on some different mats to see which is the most comfortable for you. I will say, if you're a side sleeper like me, you'll want something more than 4 centimeters thick, otherwise you're just going to be sleeping on the ground, because your body will compress through. Think of it like a bed of nails. If you lay specifically on just one chunk of those nails, you're going to compress into them, but if you're able to sleep on your back, you can get a thinner mat, because your body weight is more evenly distributed across that entire air mattress. So, don't forget to test your mat by lying on your side. Alongside thickness, you're also going to need to think about the size of the sleeping pad you're getting. There are many different shapes and sizes, but the first thing to look out for is that you will fit on the mat. You can get half-size sleeping mats that only keep your torso off the ground. This is so you have room to put a backpack or something else under your feet if you're tight on space. But generally, I hate recommending those to anyone but the most hardcore people. And if you're listening to this as a hardcore person, awesome, keep going, I love that. So look for one that's going to fit all of you on it, both in height and width. Then there's the shape of the mat. Some mats are very streamlined. Some look like mummy sacks and others give you some room for movement. The super streamlined ones really are for people who sleep super still at night. If you're an active sleeper, you'll want a little bit more room to move around. Now, of course, the more size you have on that mat, the bigger that mat's going to be when it packs, the more space it takes up in your tent. You're going to have to think about all of those pieces as well and make sure your mat is going to fit inside the tent you are using. Now, finally, there are women-specific mats that have extra insulation in the torso and in the feet. This is because women generally get colder in those areas, so outdoors companies have created mats specifically to warm people up. So if that's you, regardless of how you self-identify, if your feet get cold and your torso gets cold, you can get this type of mat to make you stay warmer while you sleep. Conversely, if you really sleep hot and you don't want extra insulation underneath you in those parts, avoid the women-specific mats because they're really just meaning they have extra insulation in certain areas. And finally, let's talk about probably the most crucial thing to think about, the R-value. The R-value is a rating telling you the insulation level of the mat. The scale runs from 1 up. 1 to 2.5 are ratings for warm weather pads. They offer very little insulation. 2.5 to 4 are for kind of cold nights like fall and spring. They generally have okay insulation. Anything rated 4 and over is suitable for cold camping. The higher the rating, the better. Now, of course, one thing to think about is that the more insulation a pad has, the bigger and heavier it will be. Well-insulated pads tend to weigh a lot more than their summer cousins, but a summer pad will do you no good on a cold winter night, so you need to know where you're going and what you're doing and what kind of conditions you are expecting. And if you're looking to do a lot of winter camping and a lot of summer camping, you're probably going to end up needing two different air mattresses. 
Now, R-Value is not a standardized measuring system just yet. Each company kind of does it their own way, so you'll have to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt and try and do a lot of extra research into a pad before you buy it to really understand if it works well in the environment you're looking to go into. This is where buying a sleeping pad from a really well-respected company becomes very, very helpful because they tend to do better research, invest more in their products, and just generally they tend to work a little bit better. So a company like Nemo is fantastic to buy a sleeping mat from because they create really spectacular gear. Same with Thermarest. There's just so many good companies out there. Just make sure you're not just buying one randomly off of some company that's on Wish or places like that. And that's really it. Those are many of the things you'll need to think about when you are investing in a sleeping pad. Getting the one that works for your situation may seem expensive, especially when the pads get into the hundreds of dollars, but it is so worth the investment. Just like how you need the right camera equipment for the job you're doing, you need the right adventure gear for what you're up to. So invest well, sleep well, and that means you're going to create way better photos when you get up in the morning. Now you can find the show notes for this episode at robertmasseyphotography.ca and you can also send me a message directly on Instagram at robertmasseyphotography. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Now let's adventure. Bye for now.